Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. We watch some stuff and we talk about it. We're doing this as a first impressions discussion, and we can continue in the Discord chat, or just at me on Twitter, at audio underscore D. First, we're going to catch up on The Boys. This episode is more or less the fallout of all the stuff that's been happening, as well as setting some other things in motion. The beginning of it, though, kind of seems like it's business as usual. They open up with a TV show opening, it looks like, but it's more or less a propaganda piece that they want to show the Congress or the Senate or whoever, one of the branches of government, to ask them to, hey, maybe you want to introduce a bill that lets the superheroes into the military. Looking at it was great. Like It reminded me of one of those TGIF openings for a show, like Full House, where they're like doing something and then they stop to look at the camera and they smile, or like Family Matters was another one that had a really great opening for that. They were all done by the same guy. Like, it was all the same, like, bluegrassy, jazzy type of music that they used for every single opening back then. It, was, it wasn't it was just Full House of Family Matters. There was another one that comes to mind, but I cannot remember it. And it's going to hit me like a brick, like, tomorrow sometime when I'm, like, washing the dishes and I'm going to go, that's it, damn it. Or it'll hit me in the middle of this podcast. I might just scream out what it is. But at least now you have context for what, for what I mean. But um, that opening looked fantastic. There's a scene where Noir, Black Noir, like, drinks tea. And he puts the teacup up to his lips, but he doesn't drink the tea. And I got so disappointed. I want to see how he's going to drink it. Is his face the black mask? I feel like we don't really get into Black Noir because he's kind of the special ops character who kind of goes in and does underhanded shit like murder murder girls in the middle of the street. He does underhanded shit like kill murder girls in the middle of the night. So you don't really get to know him. And I, I think that that's on purpose so that we don't get attached to him as a character. I don't think anybody's favorite character is Black Noir. Nobody's going to get excited about the Black Noir baseball card or the Black Noir like trading card when they pull it out of the package and go, shit, yeah, Black Noir is the best. You know what? Actually, I can see him being really popular with like edgy teenagers because he stalks the night. Huey and Annie are on another date. And they're doing a hero trivia night. And it's just to take her mind off things. Unfortunately, it's hero trivia. And she's like, uh, I don't want to talk about hero shit right now. She's dealing with a lot of backlash from the big grandiose speech she made. And one thing that did get the most attention from it, and I'm glad that it did, was the sexual allegations that she put forward. I'm really happy that that's the thing that stuck out to people instead of her going, eh, you know, this stuff that we do is not that great. Because yes, that should be talked about. But it will only get negative reactions, like only get negative reactions. And I'm glad she had at least some positive reactions from people in that regard going, hey, wait a minute, whoever it was on the 7 that did some fucked up shit like that is an asshole and we need to bring that to light. And they do later on in the episode, which is like, yeah, fuck you. Good for you. It came in a moment where I was sympathizing with him. You went and turned that sympathy into humor mostly by getting that dolphin killed. And turn into lunch meat on the side of the road. So that's fine. I mean, that was a hysterical and sad moment. Just because you feel bad for that dolphin that had dreams of going back into the ocean and maybe getting his his pickle touched by the deep. Huey's friend, an actual friend of Huey's from back in the day. And by back in the day, it's probably like two months ago at this point. Who was like, oh shit, Huey, what's up? Let's chat. And he tells some embarrassing stories about Huey. Him and and the good looking friend go off and talk about what the fuck, Huey? Like, we thought you were dead. We thought something happened. You went missing. I assumed that Huey would go back to his parents' house every night, to his dad's house, go to sleep, wake up before his dad woke up, and then leave. But it looks like he hasn't been going back home. So where the fuck is he staying? He wasn't staying with Frenchie when we saw them, and he wasn't staying with the butcher. So is he, he's not staying with Mother's Milk. His Mother's Milk's girlfriend would not have that shit. Also, his mother, Mother's Milk, I think, is still working because he was able to pull those plugs with the with the social service. So I assume that he does go to work and on his, you know, when he gets off of work, 
he goes and hangs out with the boys and he does boy things such as trying to bring down a, a giant superhero corporation. There is a, since they're trying to do this big propaganda campaign of making the heroes look relatable and cool, they do this thing where they're filming a thing at Homelander's house. And I'm using air quotes. You know, I have to say that because you can't see me. This is not a visual medium. It's his house. It's actually just some random farmhouse. And these are pictures of random people. He goes, oh yeah, these are my parents. And these are all these fake memories that I'm going to tell you about. The thing is, these aren't implanted memories. This is shit he has probably just had to rehearse over and over again because he never, he was made in a lab, it looks like. We see him as a baby in a laboratory being played with, again, air quotes, with scientists from the outside. He just kind of has to fake it to make it. And he's really good at faking it. He's a fantastic actor because he's able to turn on and off the Homelander switch on a fucking dime. When the cameras stop rolling and he just kind of frowns immediately, it's like, God damn. And he's like, all right, take it from the top. And then that smile comes back and he's like, I'm Homelander. He did it on the airplane. When the little girl said, uh, you know, are we okay? He's like, you're going to be fine, sweetie. You're great. He snapped though when he saw a blanket. And it was like, whose decision was it to put this blanket here and kind of put some realism in this set? Like he wants it to all be fabricated. Homelander and I'm assuming Homelander's actual handlers and creators, question mark? Do not want any of this kind of thing to get out, not even a little bit, about his backstory, about his past. And Homelander probably doesn't want to be reminded that he doesn't really have a family. The fact that he's always up Madame Vought's ass, she's always treating him like a child, is probably because this is his only maternal figure. You know, he has that baby jealousy, right? Like when you are the baby and a second child gets born, and now the baby is the most important thing, and you're like shuffled off. And you're no longer the most important thing to your parents. It's kind of like that. And the fact that he can remember being a child and having that blanket means maybe he has a super memory as well. He also remembers, I got fed out of a bottle. That sucks. Everybody else got fed from nipples. I want nipple now. So we'll see if he actually gets nipple. Um, The soup juice that they're being, that's being shipped all over the place is being shipped under the like, this is a polio vaccine. Quick question. Because we're lying and saying that the soup juice is polio vaccine, are the soups actually really susceptible to polio because they never actually got the polio vaccine? That's something I'm very curious about. Ashley, the person in charge of... Ashley, the person in charge of everybody's image and stuff like that, like um, the, the handler's handler's handler, her, she got fired. And I'm like, great. I was tired of looking at her. And the reason I'm tired of looking at her is because she reminds me of somebody from Mad TV and I cannot place her name and it's driving me insane. <laughs> That's literally it. I'm like, man, she's from something. What is she from? I I didn't check anybody on IMDb. We did check on like, because Amazon has this kind of like x-ray mode where it's like pop-up video where you can kind of get a fact about a scene when you're watching it. Um, So we did get it for um, Haley Joel Osment because we were like, it's going to make us all insane. I watched this with a group of friends. I was like, this is going to make us all insane if we don't watch it. And I didn't want to bring up the Matt TV thing because I'm the only one that cares about it. But the... Haley Joel Osment was driving us crazy. I was like, he looks so familiar. When we found out it was Haley Joel Osment, I was very happy because uh, I think Haley Joel Osment, he's very cute. Look at those cheeks. I just want to pinch his little cheeks. But we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to Haley Joel Osment later. But that's the only time I've really looked into somebody to find out what, who they were. But because it's driving me insane, by the next episode of The Boys, uh, maybe, perhaps, I'll have for you guys whether or not I recognize that woman from Matt TV or another sketch comedy situation. Starlight gets scolded. She gets pulled into the principal's office and uh, Madame Vought's like, what the fuck? This is what you're going to do. And Starlight's like, nope, no, it's not. I'm not doing that shit. 
I'm not gonna sit here and take this bullshit laying down. No. Madame Vaught is like, okay, I'm going to think about your outburst today. Uh, I'm gonna go sleep on this. I'll let you know what happens. So it turns out Madame Vaught actually turned 180 degrees on the situation with Starlight. She goes, you know what? Okay. Starlight's not gonna behave in this way. The way we could control her is to kind of give her what she wants and see how that works. Because she has a lot of information about people. And she's like, I will spill it. And she's like, oh shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't want her to spill her guts here. Um, until we could probably get her assassinated, we're gonna have, we're gonna placate her. And she did mention being assaulted by somebody from the Seven. So we have to actually deal with that in the public eye so they don't think that we're assholes. It's of course just PR. We're actually assholes. Being a wrestling fan, that's something to bring up with uh, WWE. Um, they're assholes. They're total jerks. And they treat their employees really, really poorly. But that doesn't matter. They do a free wrestling show for the troops. So even though they kind of, they do PR to look like good guys, they're actually really shitty. Business. A lot of companies are really shitty, but they do a couple good things to go, am I not merciful? For you to go, I love this company. Starlight also gives something to think about to Madame Maeve, who meets her in the elevator and goes, what the fuck, did I tell you to, to hold your chin up and like never let them see you like this or whatever? And Starlight's like, yeah, you, your ass is fake. Just like your book is fake, but it inspired the shit out of me. And I'm going to be the person that you pretended to be. I'm going to be the, the monster that they think you are. And then she just leaves her in the elevator. It kind of gave me Evangelion vibes. It just, she just kind of leaves her standing in the elevator like a joke. Starlight is the only person that is taking this seriously because she's the only person that she joined the Seven and didn't get jaded immediately. This is a really bad saying for the situation, but she immediately got a bad taste in her mouth. Um, oh, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but she immediately saw the dark underbelly, is probably a better way to put it, of the squeaky clean, awesome Vought Corporation. She, and she, she got that immediately. She's like, look, I'm not just going to play along for money. I actually joined this for a reason. I joined this because I wanted to be a hero and actually do some good. You guys all joined it for the fucking money. So we kind of do a 180 there and we hang out with the butcher. Let's go to a support group of people who dealt with pretty much collateral damage from heroes. The only reason that the butcher brought Huey to this situation is because I was assuming he knew Huey was actually falling for Starlight. And he's like, look. Getting involved with a soup is bad business. Yeah, I mentioned that um, the butcher is a super a, a superhero racist before, but it's even more apparent now, and it's becoming a point where the real villain is the butcher, and it's something that he mentions to um, Huey is that you know you got to know who your friends are and your enemies, and he says it in a way it's very much the butcher kind of talking to the audience of I'm about to turn heel. So get ready for that. Don't be too upset when it happens. I know my rugged good looks keep you very interested in my story. And they're simpy for me because my wife. But I'm about to turn heel. So get ready. Butcher is already kind of a heel in my opinion. Just because of the, the several things he does in this episode. The people at this usually they had issues with soups. But they didn't blame them. The Butcher has big issue with the fact that they don't blame the soups for the situations that they're in. Even though they sound accidental this seems like a definitely a place for huey to be for sure butcher's like why don't you go out there and try to fucking get revenge after these people that guy and his tryst with elsa seemed like a genuine mistake but homelander's upset that some people can move on and they shouldn't they should all be pissed off and ready to destroy all these soups the deep had to make a statement and he did and it was awful and he got several chances to re-record his statement. It looked candid and live, but it was just something that they had him say over and over until he got it right. Uh, and then they're restationing him. They're putting him in the middle of the country. 
I'm not sure if he's landlocked, but if he is, he might have a couple lakes or rivers to fuck around in. Um, and this is not even his punishment for the situation with the fucking dolphin. This is just about Starlight. He still needs to be... He This dude has punishments lined up, which is great, because fuck him, he's awful. In the statement that Dadeep makes, though, he says that there are other women. And it's like, Jesus, fuck, how many other women? Who? What's going on? This should have been dealt with way beforehand. Just the statement, other women, makes me think that, like, those women should probably come out about this situation and ask for the deep to be dealt with, maybe with, with less than kid gloves. And they that's something that they cannot afford right now. So I'm sure that the people that he fucking abused were probably given gag orders and or hush money. We get to meet Mesmer, who is Haley Joe Osmond. He's adorable. Sora himself in the flesh. Mother's Milk is goes, hey, look, if, if you read somebody for us, we will let you see your daughter, you know, once a month um, for 15 minutes or an hour, I think, super, uh, supervised visitation with your daughter. And when he actually meets her, it's a heartbreaking scene. Haley Joe Osmond really plays this scene. He really gets me in the guts when the daughter is like, look, I don't even know you, you know, like, I don't really want to be here. This sometimes the person that wants to be wants to be there with the with the kid or whatever has no real connection with that kid sometimes you have the opposite where the kid desperately wants to know that person and that person wants nothing to do with the kid but the fact that mesmer kind of saw this he was like you know what she don't want to really be there because he did give her a handshake or a hug or something he gave her a hug i'm sure he read her that she didn't want anything to do with it but he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to turn my life around because we find out that he is kind of still on drugs. Maybe the state of his uh, apartment with all the like blankets to the windows. Either he's dealing with some paranoia or some sensitivity to light. This dude is taking something he shouldn't be taking. This stuff happens to him. The boys show up at his house and are like, they find out her name is Kimiko. I think it's Kimiko. Um, they read Murder Girl. They find out her backstory that she was a she was forced to be a terrorist because they're trying to manufacture a supervillain for Homelander to fight and a reason for him to be in the military trying to bolster Homelander's image it's diabolical really and her brother is probably going to ha- that's gonna probably happen to him too and so she's desperate to get back to whatever country she's from to save her brother which is noble and nice and sweet but also in her being forced to relive those memories she accidentally break ha- breaks Haley Jawsman's wrist after all this comes to light Butcher is like okay we have to kill everybody we have to kill we have to kill him probably because he's a fucking soup we have to kill her because she's a soup. Also, the other members of the boys are starting to see the butcher as a little bit more than unhinged. They're like, you're going, you're jumping a little bit too quick to the we got to kill all the heroes thing. I can see now why they took the superhero Tower of Babel papers away from you. <laughs> I understand why you're upset, but you are taking it a bit fucking far. I don't think Mesmer takes kindly to being threatened. Also, he's like, fuck it. The thing that they're giving me, she doesn't even want it. So fuck it. I'm going to try to get in. I'm going to try to turn my life around, get in the good graces of Homelander and Vought and see if they'll probably not put me in the seven, but definitely put me on a B team. And we also get to hear about this like Teen Titans team, Mesmer and A-Train and Popclaw were a part of. And they try to get, they try to get A-Train to talk about Popclaw. And he's like, he comes off so dismissive. It kind of comes off like he hates her. So him choosing to not say anything about Popclaw makes him seem real suspicious. Maeve's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend came to see her. Madame Maeve's blowing off her ex-girlfriend in a kind of, I'm going to make you hate me so you run away from the situation because it's a dangerous situation and I actually care about you and I want to keep you safe kind of thing. Go on, get. I don't want you around here no more for your own safety kind of thing. And unfortunately, the people that were filming like a documentary style thing to make may have seen more personable were recording their conversation and what are they going to do with it i wonder 
Because that was interesting that that's what was happening. I feel bad for Madame Maeve, even though she's the way she is. There's a reason for it, and we're just starting to kind of scratch the surface on Madame Maeve as a person who is affected by that Starlight Evangelion elevator conversation. Also, I thought, why do you got to get Mesmer out here and do all this legwork to get Mesmer and his daughter together to get Murder Girl to talk? Why can't you literally find anyone that speaks her language? <laughs> yeah, I get that she doesn't talk, but maybe she just doesn't speak English. I mean, did, you, did you ever, like, think of that? And she kind of, I think she understands English. I understand a lot of Spanish, but there's no way I'm, I'm not fluent in it. So maybe it's that way. Like, she understands certain fragments of speech and kind of gets it. But maybe if you got somebody that spoke her language, she'd be more likely to open up to them. You know, that's just a thought. I think that them going out and getting Mesmer was a bit much when you could have just done that. But it's a show. It's, it's, it's entertainment. They're like, look, we're not going to do that. That's boring. We're going to entertain you. <laughs> Mesmer rats out the boys because fuck those guys. I don't blame him. And Homelander just takes his phone and bounces. Not only does, not only now does Homelander have pictures of everybody in the boys, but he also has Mesmer's phone, which could also get into some more problems that could come up. Now, the situation with them, him having these pictures is very bad. Very, very bad because A-Train can look at the picture of Mother Smoke and go, hey, that's the guy that set up the camera because I recognize the guy from that day. And Huey, even though he doesn't really recognize Huey from that day, somebody would probably tell him holy shit that's the kids whose girlfriend you fucking turned into hamburger that one time and he's gonna go oh shit unless his memory is that fried from compound b huey on his another date with starlight has figured out how to tell guilt to go fuck itself good job huey i'm glad that you're finally moving on unfortunately the butcher shows up and goes you bet to not we told you what happens if you're loving on soups we're gonna have to tell her what you did to to the invisible dude and then i just wrote in my notes what the fuck butcher yeah he's the real villain of the episode he's the real problem and i would love to see how the boys minus butcher get in the situation hell the boys almost had it made they almost had a fucking corner office they almost had a really nice office in the fucking Flatiron building which is a really nice building if you guys are familiar with the Flatiron building it's the building that is the daily bugle in the spider-man movies at least in the i think the sam raimi ones and i think it's also the really nice building where um that's the really cool assassins hotel in john wick haven't seen john wick in a while I'm a New Yorker, or formerly a New Yorker. I grew up there, and I lived there until recently. And Flatiron Building is one of my favorite buildings. Such a cool building. But yeah, so like, you almost had that, you asshole. But And you almost had a case on Vought, at least. And she's like, we can't really give you Homelander because he can kill us all in the blink of an eye. And he's like, I don't care. I'm gonna just take my bowl and go home. And it's like, fuck off, Homelander. It's, instead of being called the Innocence, it should have just been called Fuck off, Homelander, in all, in all caps with three exclamation points and a, and a tilde for, like, emphasis. But that's the boys. It's time to go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Thanks for hanging out.